All right, this is the Do Big Things podcast. Thanks for dropping in, you guys. I really appreciate it. My man, Justin Kinner, is an ultra runner, a ski coach, and a complete physical therapy trainer. And he just completed the Grand Slam of ultra running in 2021. This entails completing four 100-mile races over the summer. There will be a documentary coming out later this year following his Grand Slam. Check this guy out. You're going to enjoy this conversation, you guys. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. If you need pacers or crew for your Colorado Ultramarathon next year, get us on the books. We love helping folks get into that finishing shoot. We've also got UESCA certified coaching programs and training plans in case you need some guidance toward tackling whatever goals you might have. Whether you're new to the sport or an elite, we've got something for you. You can find everything at big-things-crewing.com. If you'd like to support us, our mission, or be a part of the Do Big Things tribe, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash do big things. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my man, Mr. Justin Kenner. This is the Do Big Things Podcast where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you grow up in Casper? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I grew up, born and raised. Um, only time I left was to go to college at the University of Wyoming and then came back. So, okay. Yeah. Right on. What do you do for a living, Justin? Uh, so I'm a personal trainer at uh, Complete Physical Therapy. It's actually my sister's uh, physical therapy clinic and then also a uh, cross-country ski coach um, for, for one of the high schools here in Casper. So. cross country ski coach for high school that sounds pretty cool yes sir nice yeah, nice yeah they're teaching cross country in high school nowadays huh yes yep yep i love it <laughs> i love it well thanks for doing this man i appreciate it and it's great to meet you by the way and and thanks to our yeah, mutual friend uh croy from exoskin for uh matching us up and, and lining this up but uh yeah yeah i'm croy looking super, super good dude Oh, super good, dude. And, and great clothing as well. Great shorts, man. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't, I, I hadn't heard anything about Exoscan up until like a year and a half, two years ago. And I wish I would have found out. I mean, they haven't been around long, but holy cow. Yeah. You, some amazing products. For yeah. Sure, so. It's like a secret little superpower when you're running, it, man, those shorts are it, tremendous. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> 
in all in all seasons. So totally, totally. But congrats on the Grand Slam this year, man. I guess that's most importantly what I want to hear all about. And uh, yeah. it sounds like there's a documentary coming out on you as well. Is the, is there any word on that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, actually, just a fun uh, kind of run, running for me is it's never been a fight. Um, like it's, it's everything is just kind of flowed naturally. And, uh, this, this relationship connection that I made with, with Jeremy Miller, the guy who is, uh, who reached out to me to do the documentary about me. He, um, reached out to me. He had done a event. I, I host an event every summer on our local mountain here called the Nightcrawler Endurance Challenge. And he, uh, came and did a, did a, uh, kind of just a video documentary of himself running that event uh last summer and um kind of relationship kind of blossomed from there connections blossomed blossomed from there and he reached out to me um asking what my plans were for this past summer and I told him well it was supposed to be back in 2020 but we know what happened there um and I told him about the grand slam and he's like well that's an awesome segue for for what I was about to ask you because I was wondering if you'd be interested in me chasing you around with the camera and kind of capturing some footage and yeah I know it's been a very uh very fun relationship connection that, that I've made with Jeremy and um yeah it's been um more more than I could ever hope for and just super excited to have something that we can that I can share with people for the rest of my life so yeah we're looking at uh this March will be, will be coming out. He's, he's got most of it put together. He's just kind of working on some, some final details with it, but um, yeah, we're, I, I'm not a person that, that likes the spotlight or anything. So I, that's the part that I struggle with a lot, but um, I'm coming around to it. Cause uh, what I'm realizing from this is that people like my message. They like my story and, and it's um, it's inspiring them to test their limits and, get out and dare greatly, which is, um, which is awesome. Something I never could have imagined. Just something that for me seems so simple to just go out and do a hundred mile race and put four of them together in summer. Not that that's simple, but I mean, for me, that's just kind of when I, where I feel the most pure, um, where I feel the most at peace. And, um, the, the fact that people are kind of finding that to be inspiring for themselves to, like I said, go out and challenge themselves, test their limits is more than I could ever hope for. So, um, yeah, chasing 400 will be coming out this March. We're planning a big, uh, local premiere here in Casper at, at, one, at a couple of the movie theaters. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at myself on a big screen, which will be interesting, different, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, looking forward to it for sure. Is it going to be a full length feature film or just like a short half hour or what are you thinking? So he's looking at it. It's right now. It's looking like it's going to be between like 45 minutes and an hour. So, okay. um, so what, what Jeremy did at each of the events, um, old dominion all the way through to the end at Wasatch was he would talk to me before each event, you know, kind of just like how I'm feeling kind of get a kind of like pre-cap of everything. And then after the events, he did kind of a little recap video. And then obviously during the events, he would, he would, he was out there and he was capturing footage there. Um, but mostly, I mean, that was the thing I told Jeremy going into it was 
like what like what do you what do you need for me like are you going to be asking me questions while i'm running that he's like he's like no i'm just gonna i'm, I'm gonna be there to capture the whole experience and i'm like that's perfect because i'm in general pretty um kind of quiet person kind of in those moments you know especially when i'm in at my lowest moments which jeremy was was able to capture some of those too but um kind of a more private person um i like to talk with a lot of people and stuff when i'm out on the trail but um it'll be interesting to see what it all looks like once it's all thrown together just the little clips and stuff that i've seen so far and that he's released out on social media has been um it's pretty pretty surreal um you know i've always enjoyed watching documentaries of people doing doing cool stuff doing hard stuff and um It'll just be interesting seeing me being that being being be, me being the subject yeah. of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, gonna be super exciting. But yeah, anywhere between forty-five minutes and, and an hour is is what he's is what it's looking like right now. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Was he doing most of the film work himself, or did he have a small crew out there? Um, so he did have a little bit of help, but at each of the events, it was, it was pretty much just Jeremy. I mean, he, uh, he got a little bit of help, obviously driving around to the different aid stations and stuff from my, my family, my crew that was there, they got him from A to B, wherever he needed to get, wherever he needed to be. And, um, but yeah, no, he was the guy that was, he's get he was getting the media passes and getting out on certain parts of the courses where. Um, just general spectators couldn't be. Um, there were a couple of times where he, I mean, he's, he's a fit dude. I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, like I wasn't expecting to see him in some of the places that, that he hiked into, ran right. into. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, like one in particular at Western States, he walked himself down into one of these, one of those super hot canyons about, oh, maybe four or five miles in and um was waiting there for me at at one of those at one of those aid stations at the bottom of the canyon and i was like like i said not surprised because he's a fit dude but um unexpected so it was it was pretty cool to see that and then yeah he just had some little gopro stuff he had a little gimbal set up on his i mean super legit equipment that he had um but yeah no he's a professional in every sense of the word and um, yeah, like I said, just the connection I've been able to make with him through running has been one of the biggest blessings of of this whole project. Yeah, that's really cool. Aren't those the best kind of friendships that are just organic and that come out of something you're passionate about? Like Absolutely. you can yeah. have totally different backgrounds, but you know, once you guys have sweat a little bit of blood together, yeah. you guys are going to have that close bond forever. You'll be able to pick up wherever you left off last time. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, they always say misery loves company. And I mean, you know, when you run into somebody and you're doing something that you both obviously have a passion for, um, it just makes that connection run that much deeper. And um, yeah, like I said, it's just organic, like the way you put it is is perfect. I mean, there was there was nothing forced about the relationship whatsoever, the connection whatsoever. It's just yeah, I mean, it's been, um, like I said, one of the biggest blessings of, of putting this whole project together is him being able, and I, and I told him from day one, too, like, this is not just about me, like, 
I maybe could do this stuff on my own, but it just feels so much more fulfilling um, to have my crew, to have my family, to have the support system that I have um, there with me, you know, either whether they're there crewing with me or back home, sending me text messages, phone calls, that type of stuff. I mean, like, and I always tell people, and I'm not just saying it, like I always feel their presence um, when I'm out there on the trails, when things are getting low. Um, but yeah, just to be able to, for somebody to be there to capture that whole experience for me and my crew was was the was the big thing that I implored on Jeremy to uh, to capture. And like I said, from the little clips I've seen, he did a phenomenal job. So super excited to see it all put together. That's cool. Is it primarily your family that normally comes out and crews and paces for you? Yeah. So, I mean, um, it's kind of, kind of a broken record, but yeah, my family, my uh, support system that I've had as, I mean, we're always there for each other. It's something that we've just always been there for each other from a very young age. We were, we were brought up in the mountains. We were doing stuff outside all the time as a family. And um, I'm the youngest of four. And, you know, whether it's my two sisters or my older brother, whenever we've got some, we, whenever we've got some big idea or need some help on something, um, we never really have to ask. We just have to say, hey, we're doing this. And then the family's just, okay, what can we do to help? It's never, oh, geez, what are you guys doing now? It's just, the, I cannot stress enough uh, the support system that I have, that I've been blessed to have. Um, and how much it means to have them waiting for me at aid stations. I mean, just the, the different things that can motivate you to keep going um, kind of change for a lot of people, but that's always a constant source for me is just that support system that I have um, there waiting for me um, out there. They're, they're sleep deprived, just like me. They're out there bouncing around from aid station to aid station at odd hours of the day. Um, it's, it, it's a marathon for them too. It's, uh, and so, yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, Jeremy did an awesome job of capturing that whole thing. And I think that's, cause that's one of those things I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I'm out on the trails is, oh, what is my family up to? What's my crew up to? So now I'll be able to actually kind of see, you know, what they're going through. I mean, I have an idea because like I said, whenever, my brother, I kind of followed my brother into running, into ultra running. Okay. Um, and that's kind of not just ultra running. So he's the older brother that led me and my sisters basically through our whole path as athletes. I mean, through high school, he ran cross country in the fall, cross country skied in the winter. And then we played soc soccer or track in the spring. And that's we all just kind of followed suit and um, it's all just kind of snowballed and avalanched into, you know, into relationships that we have carried on through adulthood. And like I said, we, doesn't matter what the, what the journey is, what the destination is, we talk about it and then it's always just, what can we do to help? I mean, and that's, that's the biggest blessing for sure. That's to beautiful. Have that, to have that, that support. So. Yeah. And it really is a blessing. Um, tell me about your older brother. It sounds like you've kind of used him as an inspiration and, and mentor. Is he still around? Does he come to your races now? Is he still running? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he's, uh, so yeah, it was 20, 
14 or 15, I can't remember which year was the first year that he did the Leadville 100. Mm. And um, at that point, like I, I was, I was kind of into triathlons pretty heavy. I was thinking about doing a full Ironman. I was doing sprints. I was doing Olympic distance triathlons. Um, and then I, there was just something I paced John, my, my oldest brother at Leadville that first time. And there was like a, a major seed that was planted um, that I like, I, I've always enjoyed testing my limits. And, you know, at that, in those moments, I saw my brother who's always been just a source of strength, great role model for me. And I saw him kind of at his limits pushing through. And I, I don't know, it was, it's really hard to explain kind of the, the emotions that I felt in those moments, but there was, just, there was definitely a seed that was planted, a door that was like beckoning me to walk through it. And that was, um, and that was ultra running and specifically like, you know, tackling that hundred mile distance. Hmm. Um, and like I said, it's kind of just snowballed avalanche from there. And then, you know, I started doing my own big, started doing my own hundred mile races. I did my first one in 2016 at Bighorn. Um, which is kind of our local, uh, wa local Wyoming hundred mile race mm -hmm. that we have here. Um, it's our back door, back door 100. It's a two hour drive North for me. So, I mean, it's super close and just a super awesome race. Um, so that's where it kind of started. And then obviously with that, then you started putting it, put, started putting in for lottery races like Western States and, and Leadville and, um, then I kind of just made a decision that, okay, the year that I get into Western, since it's getting harder and harder to get into every year, that that would be the year that I would, I would uh, attempt the Grand Slam. And um, it happened in 2020, but everything got canceled. And I was just like, well, it's really no skin off my back. I've been putting in for Western for four years at that point. So I was like, what's another year? Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of just put the plans off, kept running, you know, 20 summer of 2020 was weird, different for everybody. I never lost my, my passion for running. And in fact, I think it solidified my, my passion more for running than when I, when there weren't events, um, you know, when I was really able to kind of recenter myself with my why. And, you know, it's like, it's, the events are great, but they're really just a, a snapshot of, of that whole process that goes into to training for something like that and um so yeah it was a nice little kind of reflection point 2020 was and um came into 2021 um even more prepared than i think i would have been in 2020 just because of the way that 2020 went sure yeah were you putting in a lot of time and miles while uh everyone was staying at home and <laughs> worried yeah. about their safety yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, that well, that was one thing from like day one with the pandemic was like, there was never anything about like, you shouldn't go outside. Sure. Like, and I was like, well, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go for adventures. I'm gonna. Um, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Usually we have a local running group. Um, it's called Casper Ultra Trail Running Society, that typically we have group runs throughout the spring, summer, those kind of shut down, not entirely, but they shut down quite a bit in 2020. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stop running. 
there would still be some little group gatherings every once in a while where we go for adventures just locally um, around Casper. But um, yeah, no, the um, the itch to to get outside was never was never lost for me, um, and it was something that I, you know, I, I knew that I needed, um, I craved, and um, it just kind of carried me through. You know, I was signed up for races and every once in a while, and every time they're, well, this one's canceled, this one's canceled. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep running because that's what I love to do. That's what we um, do. <laughs> yep, that's, yeah, you, uh, you know, I just, I love it. That's, that's when I feel the most free, when I feel uh, the most pure, when I feel the, like, just the best version of myself is, you know, you, I, you can be having the worst day and just even a little four mile, one hour jog outside kind of just refocuses me, recenters me, um, gets me back. I can honestly say um, I have never had a bad run. And that's something that I think is, I think that's important. I've never, I mean, I've had, I've, I've been, I've run in awful conditions and I've, done just about everything you can you can imagine on foot outside but i've i can honestly say i've never had a bad run and i think that's um that's pretty cool so that's i think that, that, that that's pretty pretty telling for me that um that i'm doing what i need to be doing yeah 100 percent. what is your running community like in casper it sounds like uh there's a running group that is is pretty regular and you mentioned your it sounds like you're a race director as well of the night crawler or correct me if I got that wrong. Yeah. 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 So our, our running group, um, like I said, is Casper ultra trail running society. We've got a Facebook page. Um, it's literally just a landing page for, um, in the last couple last year and a half, there's been a lot of people that have moved into Casper. Um, I think moving up, moving out of States like California, Colorado, um, moving into Casper cause we've got a lot of space out here we've got a lot of big wide open stuff out here and um it's just a landing page for people to hey i'm a runner looking to join a running group and like that's literally what it is you don't have to be an admin to post in the group it's just hey new runner in town looking for local trails you know possible group runs um typically we do like i said spring um through kind of early fall until the kind of first snow we have uh, Tuesday night trail runs. So every other Tuesday, we, we usually get together, um, check out some of the urban trails around Casper and then up on the mountain. And then even sometimes out to Muddy Mountain, which is another mountain range is pretty close. And then Cole Mountain, west of town. So it's basically just a way to um, immerse people in um, into the trail scene that we have here. It's kind of it's not super well known and you kind of have to know um, the people that kind of know the area the best. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it, what it is, is it's just kind of a local, a local group of uh, enthusiasts that, that like to get outside. And, um, you know, it started like, like kind of any other grassroots thing starts. It's was two, three dudes with a passion that, passion for running on trails, running on dirt. Um, and that's kind of blossomed into, you know, on, on low Tuesday night trail runs, we would be getting 15, 20 people there. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's something that's definitely, that's definitely grown. And, um, 
super exciting. We're always getting new people coming whenever we have those Tuesday night trail runs. Even throughout the pandemic, um, there was always somebody new at each of those Tuesday night trail, run, trail runs when we'd host them. And that's, that's one of the coolest things to see is just people, people that are finding that same passion, finding that same, you know, urge to get outside and better themselves. Um, so yeah, that's, that's cutters. We're, we're, we're pretty, um, we're not, we're not like super official. We just kind of just a drop in casual, no drop runs. Um, sometimes on nights when there's, when there's bigger groups, we'll have one group that goes maybe a little bit quicker, one group that kind of st stays back a little bit, but I mean, we stop all the time and we're constantly just talking. It's really more about the community than, than getting, um, than getting miles, getting hours. It's really just kind of about building that camaraderie, um, which is one of the things that really attracted me to, to trail running in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, especially coming from, uh, from a triathlon, from the triathlon world into the trail running world is just like a complete 180. Not that there weren't people in the triathlon world that, um, that weren't receptive, but just seemed like it's just a lot more natural. It seemed a lot less forced with trail runners that they wanted, they wanted to help you. Everybody's out there with the same goals, you know, like whether it's at an event, like I never have a feeling in a hundred mile trail run at any of them that I've done that there's anybody out there that is like trying to sabotage you from like getting to the finish line. I think everybody has that goal of I started and I want to get to that finish line. And from what, from what I've seen, what I've experienced, um, people will give you the, literally give you the shirt off their back, the batteries out of their headlamp to get you to keep you going. And that's just something that was there a little bit in triathlon, but not, not near, not near as prominent. Yeah, one of yeah. the things that, uh, that made that switch, you know, from racing triathlons to, 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 uh, doing tra ultra trail running, just that much more natural and that much more easy to, uh, to justify. Yeah, no, I can relate a hundred percent. I come from a, a triathlon background as well. And, I enjoyed it. Like, and I would still go back and do triathlons, but everyone's very focused on themselves, you know, and I've said it before on this podcast. And I mean, I did, I did an Ironman in Wisconsin and I don't think I talked to anybody all day, you know, and then I'd go do a 50 K and then I'd have four new best friends that I'm still best yeah. friends with to this day. And yeah. it's just crazy how, yeah, you're right. It's a complete uh, 180. It, it, it's totally different. Um, tell me about your race, Justin, the night crawler. I wanted to hear about that too. Yeah. So, um, the, we've always kind of, there, there's, there's one other local trail race that we have here in Casper. It's called the skunk hollow sneaker, sneaker chase. It's, um, one of my good friends who kind of helped get me into trail running. Mike Deesberg hosts that on our local mountain. And, um, you know, we had kind of been talking, me, uh, Jason Neville, uh, Phil Atkinson, um, kind of just kind of the local 100-mile guys here in Casper. We were like, what can Casper do to get an ultra here? Because the, the, the ownership, the land ownership is kind of tricky, kind of finicky. It's kind of checkerboard. So we're like, man, I mean, this would be a really cool route, but we have to follow that. We have to cross that private oh, we could do this, but oh, we have to cross that private. So we were, 
we were really just thinking like, gosh, how can we do it? And I was just like, kind of just took it upon myself. I had gone down and done a, uh, a 12 hour night run, um, down in uh, Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Mm. And, um, I think it was, it was, uh, chase of the moon, I think was what it was called. And, um, did that. And I was like, shoot, we don't need to do, we don't need to have a, a 50 K like course. We can just do a loop around our mountain where we know we're not crossing on the private and we can just do a 12 hour event. And when people get to their ultra, ultra distance, they can either keep going or they can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where that started. Um, just again, few guys with a passion for trying to get an ultra here in Casper and um, kind of just got diving head first in and uh, getting it done. Um, we're still trying to figure out a way how we can actually get a more established actual 50K instead of just running the same loop again and again. But um, we got it done and uh, every every year we've had it. This was the fifth year that I've that we've hosted it here in Casper and the numbers of have grown every year and um this last this last year this last it's usually it's august is when we do it and um this year every year we have more and more people um getting into that ultra realm more and more people trying to get through the whole 12 hours um and yeah it's just it's a super fun event and it's um a good way to kind of introduce people to um to trail running at night Cause there's a lot of people that are thinking about, you know, that 50 mile distance, that hundred mile distance. And it's like, well, if you were thinking about that hundred mile distance, you're going to have to run at night. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a, a good way to introduce people to that in a um, controlled environment, you know, in a race setup, you know, following pin flags, following ribbons, following reflective stuff at night to give people that kind of same same idea of what the, what it, what it, what it would look like at those events, and it's either it either makes people be like, yeah, I really want to do this, or kind of sometimes makes people like, I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> um, but it's not usually from from what I've from what I've seen what I've what I, what I've heard from people that have done it. It's it's not the latter. It's usually people are like they do it and they're like, yep, I want to do it, and that's that's awesome. That that's what we're looking for. That's what the event is for. It's Again, it tests people's limits, put, takes them out of their, takes them out of their comfort zone. Things are different when you run at night. So, um, yeah, it puts people out of their comfort zone and it, uh, usually makes them want more once the event is done. So yeah, that's, definitely. That's what we're looking for. And the whole thing takes place at night. Yeah. So it starts at six 30 in the evening. Um, it's usually the third weekend in August, um, starts at 6.30 in the evening and goes until 6.30 in the morning the next day. Um, so it's a 12-hour event. Um, the big thing, like, I, like, like we always talk about with, on the course website on Ulster Sign Up, where you can sign up for it, is like there's, no, there's literally no did not finish. There's no, you have to get this amount of, you have to get this amount of miles. It's, if you only want to do one loop, that's fine. You're still going to get the same finisher award that the person who runs the most laps does. I mean, it's, so, I mean, that's, that, that, that makes it a pretty inviting event. Um, We've had several people that go out, run one lap, go to their car or 
actually just set up right there in the start finish laugh area take a nap they can set up their hammocks tents um and then take a nap for a few hours and then go back out again mm-hmm. um so i mean it's really just a, an event again it's the event is more about the camaraderie of the trail running community that we've built here in Casper and also obviously testing people's limits. I mean, like I said, you every year there's more and more people that are testing those limits, trying to get as far as they can in that 12 hours. But um, there's also, I mean, it's really just whatever people want to get out of the event, event they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, each lap they switch directions so washing machine style um how far is each lap what's that how far is each lap each lap is eight miles um we we have one we have one aid station that is pretty much smack dab right in the middle so four miles um so that's another thing that people really like is like if they want to run with a pack they can but most people usually just run with handhelds and then make sure they have extra batteries and stuff for their headlamp um but yeah no the event like i said is more about kind of the camaraderie of the events and you know just kind of introducing people to the the trail network that we have up on castle mountain which is pretty well known by the locals but not as well known as it should be for for everybody else um every year we have people come in from south dakota montana Colorado that are like, holy cow, we had no idea this was here. And every year they come back and they're bringing more and they're bringing more, more people back with them. So, I mean, that's, that's really cool to see um, as well. Um, that people are, are finding out about our, our, uh, our playground. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, all right, man. So let's get into the grand slam a little bit. Um, so after the pandemic, well, during the pandemic, when everything was canceled, did you know immediately that the next year you're going to be going for the Grand Slam? Or when did this sort of come in under your radar that you knew this was this was a go? This was we were going to make this thing happen? Um, well, honestly, it was kind of everything was still kind of on the teeter totter, even up until like April, May of, of this year. Um, Cause one of the races that I, that I had entered was the Vermont 100 oh. and um, they ended up canceling it this year, 2021 because of, because of COVID related issues. So at that point I was like, Oh geez, what are, what are we going to do? Cause at that point I was like, old dominion was still a go. Wasatch was still a go. Um, and, and Western States was still a go. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to just do three. Um, so I was like kind of scrambling. I had put in for Leadville through the lottery, hadn't gotten in. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, geez. Then Vermont pulled that, pulled that. And um, I understand why they did. I mean, every, every, every place in the country is different, how they want to deal with the regulations and stuff. And, um, but I was at the same time, I was like, oh, geez. There was a little bit of a panic there when Vermont canceled. Um, cause I hadn't gotten into Leadville through the lottery. So then I just, I knew that Leadville from the couple years that John, my brother had done it, that they had some, some charity slots. And I was like, well, let's check out that Avenue. Um, so yeah, I got on the Leadville, um, website was just calling charities, calling charities, calling charities. They were all, oh, no, sorry, we're full, but you'll be the first one we call if we, if we don't get anything. So I was like, at that point, I was like, well, 
crap, I'm not going to do the grand slam this summer. I guess mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be three. And then um, finally, there was one person, unfortunately, I don't know who, who it was, but somebody with the Leadville Legacy Foundation was one of the charities. Um, some, some athlete that had gotten a charity slot had was unfortunate and um, injured themselves, not, not a lot, disallowing them from being able to do the race. And I was like, well, that's, I'm, obviously, you never wish for anything bad to happen to, to somebody for you to have an opportunity. Um, but they called up, like they said, they would the legacy, uh, um, Leadville Legacy Foundation. Um, they said, hey, we've got this spot that opened up. Um, do you want it? And I was like, well, I hate that I have to take it in there under these circumstances because I never want anything bad to happen to somebody. But yes, I will take it. Um, so I, again, I think that was just another thing in the pro like, I, I'm a firm believer that if it's meant to be, it will be. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was just a message for me from wherever, if you believe in a higher power, whatever, like that, that, that was a message to me that, okay, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Um, I had kind of just, I had kind of just like, I was ready to just do the three and I was going to be fine with it. Um, but then I got that call and I was like, all right, it's, it's meant to be, this is, um, this is what I'm supposed to do. So, nice. um, yeah, it was kind of just, again, a natural thing. Running's never fought me on anything. And I was, I was fully prepared to just do the three and be fine and happy with it more than happy with it. And then, um, was blessed with that opportunity. So, yeah, and then that, then it all kind of just came together throughout the summer. So, and what month was that that you got word that you're you're going to be able to run Leadville? Uh, let's see. That would have been um, either middle of May. I think that was early to mid May when I finally got that call from the. So I mean, at that point, Old Dominion was June fifth, um, mm. which I'd already had already had plane tickets for and was already was already prepared to go out there. Wow. The Grand Slam was off the table, but the three races were still on the schedule. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I was, I was training throughout the whole time. Like I wasn't letting the, the whole charity thing, not, I was, I was still running. I was still actively preparing myself for old dominion and Western. Um, and then was just like, okay, I'm going to have a lot of time between Western and Wasatch mm -hmm. at that point so I was like well that's okay <laughs> um and then and then that happened and I was like all right it's back on so yeah. well it sounds like it was meant to be man I mean absolutely uh, you know unfortunate that somebody had to pull out because of an injury but for whatever reason it sounds like uh you know the stars aligned and it was meant to be yeah, yeah absolutely. um so you'd already been training um, for the 300 mile races. And you were pretty cool with that just being the goal for the year. If, mm -hmm. if you can't get the four done, we'll get the three done and be happy with it. So when you got word that you're going to be able to do Leadville, it's not like you could just, you'd already been training. It's not like you could just jump into these things. I mean, <laughs> four 100s in one summer is, is a lot to chew off. I don't, I don't think I've ever done more than two in one summer, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, was this the first time, so it was the first time you ran uh, Western States for sure. Was it your first Leadville as well? Yeah, so it was my, it was my first, uh, it was my first time at Old Dominion, my first time at Western States. 
Um, and it ended up being my first time at Leadville. I had done um, Wasatch in 2019. Okay. So I was familiar with, familiar with Wasatch. Um, I, I myself, like you, had done, had done two in a summer. I'd done Bighorn and Wasatch in 2019. And that was the thing that made me like, okay, the, the, the grand slant, like how, how my body felt after those two in a summer, I was like, it's possible. Um, and then, yeah, it was, uh, stars aligned, like you said, and, um, ended up being four. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So walking up to the starting line of old dominion, are you looking at this thing? Like, okay, here's my first hundred miler, or here's the first of 400 miles or like, how, how are you looking at the whole thing? You know, so I, I, I took it one race at a time for sure. And I know that's kind of cliche, but that's kind of just, I think that's kind of how you have to, you be. almost have to. Yeah. I think that's how you have to be. And, you know, like in each race, I mean, then it's like in each event, it's, you know, aid station to aid station, mm-hmm. um, you know, making yourself as familiar with, with those aid station distances and trying to know the terrain as much as you can. Um, in those, in those races that I hadn't been to, my crew hadn't been to, I mean, obviously there's a lot more unknowns for those. Um, but I mean, like with old dominion day before we were out driving around to the different aid stations so that crew knew how to get there. Um, and just so that I could kind of, so that I, it also just kind of helped me to kind of realize like, okay, this is what the terrain kind of looks like coming into this aid station. So, I mean, trying to get as familiar as you could, um, with something that's unfamiliar with you, um, was, was key, but yeah, I, I mean, I've always been really good. I feel at kind of just chewing, chewing it up into more kind of chewable bits rather than, cause I mean, if you just think about, holy cow, it's a hundred miles, like you can fall into some traps some pitfalls pretty early. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why I just, I've never really had that mindset. It's always been like chopping it up into more manageable parts, aid station to aid station, um, you know, staying present. I'm not somebody who listens to music. I kind of, which also kind of just blows a lot of people's minds. They're like, what kind of music do you listen to? You're like, well, I don't really listen to anything. They're like, Seriously? I'm like, you know, there's just, there, for me, there's just, there's, there's enough going on, um, around me, within me to, to keep my mind occupied as, as far as the, you know, the task at hand. And, um, so yeah, I mean, chewable parts, um, aid station to aid station. Um, and then, yeah, everything, just having everything new at Old Dominion, at Western, um, at Leadville, like, not doing the events myself. I mean, obviously it helped my brother at Leadville a couple of times, but it's always, I, I think the races that are kind of new to you, um, the, it kind of doesn't leave a lot of room for like, okay, I was, I was feeling this way at this point in 2016 right here, but you don't have that at races you haven't been to. So I think you can kind of get out of your own head a lot more Mm -hmm. in those events um and really just kind of take things as they come which I, I've, I've always done pretty well at but you know events that you've done time and again you know like you can really get in in your own head so I think 
having that fresh perspective of, well, I've never been here, so I don't, there, there's really no expectations mm-hmm. um, helped, helped a lot. I think that does help. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with this whole grand slam series, you got third place this year, which is pretty astounding. Um, is were you trying to be um, competitive? Were you looking at the overall time from the beginning of this or like, how did it start out? Um, you know, honestly, like I said, it, it started off just one race at a time. Um, there, I do have a competitive side of me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull wool over anybody's eyes and say <laughs> that I'm not, yeah. but um, that is not, that is not the sole driving force for, for why I wanted to attempt the grand slam. Um, going into it I wasn't like oh I I want to run this time I want to be the fastest person it was just again taking taking things as they come being present um being gracious to my crew that was chasing me around the country I mean I was blessed with my family different friends that helped came to pace me crew me out each of them um so I mean really just keeping myself present and thinking about um really the opportunity um, that I had to be able to do something that I love in these new places um, was really all the driving force that I needed. Um, but you know, there there was the competitive side of me after each race. I'd look, okay, here's where Grand Slammers are sitting. Of course, here's how far back I am, and like, so I mean, towards the end of the towards the end of like Wasatch, I was like, that was one of my first thoughts coming across the line was, well, I'm pretty sure I'm the first grand slam guy that came across the line at wasatch mm. it was just like and it had, and, and it, as it as it ended up i was and um i mean yeah that was just i don't know it was it was it was, it was a nice um kind of little cherry on top for the summer but not um not something that i was like oh i have to win or i have to be top three or um i mean really honestly i think one of the biggest blessings that i took from the summer was um, being able to get through those four, um, un- uninjured, totally. um, uninjured came out of it, um, with, I mean, no nagging anything really. I mean, just beyond the, the residual fatigue that was built up over the summer, which is to be expected, but, um, just coming out of it uninjured, unscathed, um, was, was huge. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, like the last two, Leadville and and Wasatch, like that's where I kind of started to make up a little bit of time on the on the other people that were attempting the slam. Um, and that's something that you know I was just dil- super diligent about um, in between the races, giving my body the the rest that it needed, um, but still also continuing to work on um, specific like strengthening run strength stuff. Um, I was really, really good this summer about making sure that even when I was resting, you know, like not running, not putting in as many miles as I typically would, um, that I was still active in, um, keeping myself present, be it through, um, I did got, got lots of massages. I was doing some like soap tank stuff. I was doing lots of stretching yoga, um, and strength stuff throughout the summer. And I think that's one of the things that I can attribute to um, coming out of the summer, coming out of the, the summer uninjured. Yeah. Um, I, I went into Old Dominion on a little bit of an injury. I actually was just a 
a dumb little incident like they usually are. Uh, it was like two and a half weeks out from Old Dominion. I turned my turned my my right ankle, and I was like, ah, geez. And that was something that I felt like within the first three miles at Old Dominion. I'm like, well, okay, here we go. Um, it was just kind of one of those things. Um, I think everybody finds di again different sources of motivation, different sources of of what keeps them moving. But for me, like you realize a point like, okay, yes, this hurts, this is painful, but there's something in me and other people that, you know, just triggers like, yes, it hurts, it's painful, but it's not getting worse. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of realize like, okay, I guess I have to live in this headspace for the next however at that point it was like 97 miles i'm like well okay <laughs> this is not super comfortable but it's not getting worse um i was being careful being you know it was just, it was just a stupid yard incident that i had that that um that turned my ankle and that's usually how it is it's usually, <laughs> not, it goes. It, it's usually not doing something cool it's usually usually something where you're not planning on injuring yourself and um, <laughs> that's what it was and um that was, that was the only injury that I had was coming into it. And then throughout the summer, the ankle healed itself and um, which was cool considering I'd put a lot of miles on it and was able to, um, to do that throughout the summer. But um, yeah, that was, um, that was really the only hiccup I had coming going, going through the summer was that. So how did you strategize this whole thing? Like, you know, normally if you're just doing a hundred mile race or even 200 mile races in a summer, you know, you're building up and then you taper and then you run your race. And then there's a, a extended, you know, rest period where you're recovering mm -hmm. a little bit and then you slowly start ramping up your training again, but it, you didn't have time for that. You know, I'm guessing in between races, you were doing probably more resting and recovering than running, maybe some walking. What did it look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, in between Old Dominion, which was June 5th, and then uh, Western States, which, which was June 26th. So I mean, three weeks. Um, there was there was a whole lot of a whole lot of nothing going on in, in those three weeks. There was a whole lot of a lot of sleeping, a lot of eating food, a lot of liquids, um, you know, occasional little walks with my dog and stuff. Um, there were a couple of times that I went up just on our local, I mean, our local mountain is right on, right in town. So, I mean, it's 15 minutes to a trailhead, which is awesome. I would go out. Um, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't, I think I might've only run twice in between Old Dominion and Western and it wasn't anything crazy, like four, four to six miles, okay. but I did go on, I did go on a few hikes. Um, it's called the bridal trail. It's just a place where you can get elevation pretty quickly on a little, four mile loop. I did a hike with, with my weighted vest a couple of times. Um, that's kind of what I did between old dominion and Western. Um, after Western, I was, I was pretty well, I was pretty haggard. I was pretty, pretty broke. I was pretty like, Holy cow. I don't know if this is going to happen. I was, it was like the first time in, in that kind of running space of my head where I was like, honestly questioning like man I don't know if this is going to happen because I was I was haggard um uh old dominion was was hot and humid western ended up being a banner year record heat 
for Western, which it's known to be a hot race, but mm-hmm. this year it really just cranked that, cranked that uh, thermometer up even a little bit more. And um, I was admittedly very haggard after that one. And I was not doubting, but I was like questioning like, oh my goodness, this is not getting, this is not going entirely how I had it planned. <laughs> uh, but having that almost seven weeks in between um, Western and Leadville was great. I mean, there was that two week, probably two to two and a half week window after Western where I wasn't even really going out and doing walks or anything. If it was a walk, it was just a short one with my dog, but it was mostly just preventative stuff, you know, getting massages, um, lots of, lots of horizontal time, just, you know, trying to, trying to kind of balance the work schedule, but I'll, but really honestly, just, just relaxing, recovering. I mean, and then it was about a month after Western when I, when, things were really kind of starting to feel normal again or normal-ish where I was like, okay, I could go out for a couple couple hours um, here and there. Um, and then, yeah, and then at that point we were three weeks from Leadville. Um, so yeah, I did, you know, little couple two hour runs every, every now and then. Um, not a super structured training plan, honestly. And, not 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 the plan that I had going into the summer. I kind of had it all like planned out on a training plan for like what I needed to be doing, but that kind of just got thrown to the wind after Western. I'm like, well, you've got to you've got to just take care of yourself and make sure that you're, you know, keeping yourself present for like what's to come. Because at that point, you know, um, just the way it ended up being, you know, with Leadville being at ten thousand feet and a lot of climbing, and then Wasatch, honestly being the hardest of the four, um, terrain wise, elevation wise, um, it allowed me to kind of re-trigger, not thinking as much about, um, speed, but more about kind of just like the power hiking, um, that type of stuff was able to crank that back. Cause for the first two, I didn't use trekking poles. You can't use trekking poles. That's, um, you can use them at old dominion, but I didn't just because I was I knew that you couldn't use them at Western. So I was just kind of blocking the summer and like, okay, trekking pole season and not trekking pole season was kind of of how I structured things. Um, And that's really the only thing with my training plan that that stayed constant. Um, Like I said, before the summer, I kind of had my road, my, my roadmap for how I thought the summer would go. And um, it's funny looking back on that, like, uh, you were really naive thinking you were able to do, <laughs> thinking you'd, you'd be able to do that um, in between those those races, but um, that that stayed consistent. It was non-trekking pole season and then trekking pole season for for Leadville and Wasatch. Got it. Um, kind of kind of how how things were structured. I've been lucky enough to run Western States and Leadville a couple times. Um, yeah. Which race did you consider the most challenging? Oh man. So gosh, they all, they all definitely had, they all definitely had their moments. Um, the part that surprised me the most about old dominion was the amount of pavement. Um, I wasn't fully prepared for that. Um, I luckily I, I had at least packed road shoes. So that was good to have the little extra cushion in the, in the road shoes that I kind of just last second, it was honestly just the last second thing I was packing up. I'm like, 
I don't think I'm going to need those, but I'm going to, there was just something in my head that was like, put those in your bag. Um, so that part was, was, was challenging. I mean, it, obviously when you're running on pavement, hard pack surfaces, it's, it's more impactful for your joints. Um, so that was the big surprise with Old Dominion. Um, I think terrain wise, Wasatch definitely is, is the hardest. Um, Leadville, the, the hardest part with Leadville is your, you know, your 10,000 feet for the entire, I mean, I guess there's what that little like five to six mile stretch where you're at like 9,200 feet or something. But I mean, the hard part of Leadville is you're at 10,000 feet mm -hmm. and going up to 12.6 when you're going Hope Pass and then coming right back over Hope Pass again. Um, the benefit that I had with Leadville was pacing. I had paced my brother John there a couple of times. And it was for the Hope Pass, Hope, Hope Pass section okay. coming back. So I mean, I, I knew, I knew about that. And honestly, I kind of tend to trend more towards those type of races. Those kind of high alpine mountain races are really the ones that I um, that I prefer. Um, so I mean, from a challenge aspect. Um, Wasatch, definitely, I think, hardest. And, I, and I'm not just saying that just because it's it was the fourth. Um, but obviously this summer that made made things a little bit more difficult. But I mean, like doing doing Wasatch on on fresher legs in 2019. Um, it's just Wasatch is it, it, it's got a lot of teeth. Um, beautiful race. But um, so yeah, most challenging, definitely Wasatch. Um, Challenging part again with Leadville is um, just that there's there are a lot of runnable sections, um, right. which I think that's why you see the kind of the, the bigger dropout right rate at Leadville is just combination of it's at ten thousand feet and there are those runnable, really runnable sections where people kind of can blow their wad a little too early, and then it's like oh crap I still have. 60 miles left or 40 mm -hmm. miles left and um kind of just snowballs into a avalanche of i can't do this anymore i i, I cooked my bacon already yeah. um but yeah wasatch um most challenging this western was ungodly hot was i mean there were there were times and like just with just with my pace um a lot of times, you know, when you're running through through canyons, sometimes one side of the canyon will be a little bit shadier, a little bit cooler. Like the genius that I am my, with my pace, like there were a couple of those canyons where the sun was just directly overhead, like both sides of the canyon were just an absolute furnace and um, was just feeling absolutely baked, cooked, and was just like, holy cow, it is hot out here. Um, but it, again, it's just one of those situations where you had to remind yourself you're you're not on an island. There are 300 other people out here in the same situation that you are. Um, so stop throwing a pity party for yourself and <laughs> and just keep keep moving forward. Um, so I mean, yeah, like I said, each each uh, each one definitely had their element elements of of challenge, just from a terrain perspective and most difficult course perspective, I would say it's definitely Wasatch. Yeah. But you mentioned that you were the first grand slammer to come across the finish line at Wasatch. So do you feel like you were getting stronger as the summer progressed? Did you feel like you were getting a little faster? Was it a confidence thing? 
I don't think I, I don't think faster, stronger. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and I know that that those those kind of come hand in hand, but like really funny you ask that because I mean, so my sister Jen, she 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 was the one that drew the drew the short straw and had to face me for the last. Uh, I don't say had had to face me. She she wanted to face me for the last uh, like nine and a half miles at Wasatch, and um, she had just picked me up. She was super exuberant and super just like bouncing off the walls excited which was awesome um but um she was she was just like all right justin just let me know if you like if there's anything i can do to like get you moving a little quicker or whatnot and i was just like i just looked at her i was like jen i really appreciate it but i am telling you right now like this is all i've got right now this is like this this is it like what 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 you, what you see is is what you're getting because like if I had anything left in me, you would see it and you wouldn't need to be to be prodding me along. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say I mean I I felt I felt strong when I crossed the finish line. Like I wasn't like ready to go do another hundred mile race in a couple of weeks, but I was just like um, I was very satisfied with how how everything, how everything ended up coming together. Um, and just to be, to be the first person with the grand slam this year that, that crossed the finish line, that was again, kind of just, just the cherry on top. Um, not what drove me. Um, it was literally just, you know, one foot forward. Um, when you're stopped, you're not getting yourself to the finish line. So might as well just keep moving. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just kind of just one of those mantras that, you know, a lot of runners find, you know, like if you can't, if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl, just don't, just don't stop. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's constantly going through my head. Like even in those moments when things are, things are rough, things are low, like, well, you can't, you, if you want to sit on that log, that's fine, but you're not getting yourself any, any closer to the finish line by totally. sitting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I did I did feel feel really happy, felt felt really felt really good about about how I how I felt um, strength wise coming through. Um, I definitely do want to go back to um, Western, hopefully again. And you know, I know it's getting harder and harder every year to get in, but it would be nice to go back there and uh, do it sometime on on fresh legs and. Um, just kind of tackle that again. I mean, Western was everything that, that I hoped it would be. And then some, I mean, it's kind of deemed by a lot of people really around the world, especially in the U S you know, to be kind of the Mecca of trail running. And mm -hmm. um, they've, uh, they've done an amazing job with that race of, you know, having all that hoopla that, that is, that, that comes with Western, but also still making it feel um, like everybody's important. Yeah. Um, they've done they've done a really good job with that with that race and it's, it's something that that i that definitely wasn't lost on me and something that i hope i'm i'm fortunate enough to to get into again someday um but yeah i mean uh yeah just to answer your question i mean yeah i felt i felt strong i felt stronger than i thought i would um after finishing and um i didn't i didn't get to the end of that and like well i'm done with running I, I, i'm not doing i'm not i'm not doing this anymore i <laughs> i got done and was like well i'm gonna rest but uh what's next yeah <laughs> so. yeah yeah 
I'm trying to remember like the history of the Grand Slam. Do you remember like when it started? I think there was, I mean, I think there was like 10 people that finished this year. You might, you might know. Yeah. Uh, a yeah so it actually started the first official year for the Grand Slam actually um, coincidentally was 1986, which was, which ended up being the year I was born. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, 35 years ago um, was when the, was when uh, the first Grand Slam happened in 1986. Um I remember I think there's like 250 some people that have finished the Grand Slam in that 35 years. Um, I want to say there were 18 of us that started or our hats were in the whatever for for, for, for doing the Grand Slam this year and yeah there were 10 that finished. Okay. Um, So yeah um, and, and that seems to be a pretty typical kind of finisher rate for the Grand Slam. It's usually, you know, high 50s, sometimes even low 50s for the amount of people that put in and actually um, com- complete the Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, you definitely don't, you definitely don't get, um, I don't want to say fakers attempting the Grand Slam because, I mean, you, I mean, obviously to get into races like Leadville, Wasatch um, and Western, you know, like you, you have to have qualifying races to get into them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you, you, you've got people out there that are pretty experienced trail runners and, um, you know, just the course of a hundred miles and then putting four of them together in the summer, there's obviously a lot of opportunities for things to go, to go awry. Um, I don't know, just for whatever reason, there was a perfect storm of, of, of events and, um, occurrences that that allowed me um, to to get to that finish line at Wasatch and that was definitely one of the one of the coolest coolest feelings I've had so that's cool yeah you're right I mean to even attempt the Grand Slam it takes years of preparation because it takes qualifying races and entering the western states lottery over and over again so (laughs) Yeah, it's not something you can just jump into and and just give it a shot and see how it goes. I mean, it's by the time you get that far, you've got quite a bit of experience under your belt. And 30 or 35 years ago, when when the Grand Slam just became a thing, you know, it's like that was probably like the pinnacle. That was probably like the biggest thing ultra runners could really even think of at that point. And now Mm -hmm not to undermine what you did at all, but nowadays you got the triple crown. People are doing three, two hundreds in a summer and it's just getting bigger and badder. Um, So like, what is next for you? Are you looking at any, anything crazy like that? Or um, you said you got to the finish line of Wasatch and just thought, okay, it's time to rest, but what's next? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people ask me that um, what's next. And you know, it's, the, the, my running friends and stuff, they, they get it. They're like, yeah, we know you're going to do something else, but what is it? They're, then you get kind of just the, the other friends who aren't runners that are just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but um, and th- those are the same ones that, that ask like, man, I don't even that, that make comments like, man, I don't even like driving my car that far. I mean, just the usual stuff. like that. But, uh, but um, yeah. So one thing that I've, that's kind of been an itch for me, um, the last few years has been, um, looking at, uh, the, the last person standing events that are, that are popping up, mm-hmm. popping up all over the country. Um, so that's kind of something that's, that's piqued my interest. The only thing that I'm, um, officially signed up for right now is I, I'm coming back to Bighorn. 
doing the Bighorn 100. I really, I was there this summer. It was just kind of, it was the weekend before Western. So, I mean, obviously wasn't going to, wasn't going to do it this year, but I, I was there. I love it. It's our local race. Um, signed up for it this year. I just really missed doing it this last summer. It's just become, become a part of me, become a piece of me that, um, that I just, I need, I need to get back to. So I'm signed up for the Bighorn 100 in June. Um, and, um, the other one that I'm looking at right now is a, there's a last person standing event in uh, Texas, in Columbus, Texas in April, um, April 9th that I'm, uh, I haven't signed up for it yet. I just, I, I need to, cause that's, that's what I'm planning for. Um, it's on April 9th. I think it's called the game backyard ultra. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get my, get my toe into the, into the last man standing water, I guess. So. Cool. Cool. Last, last person standing, excuse me. So, um, any, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Do you have any interest in any of these crazy 200 mile races that are so popular right now? I do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, de- yeah I, I definitely do. Um, for right now, the, the plan is uh, the last person standing. Maybe I'll get to 200 miles there. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. Kind of, just kind of, um, for whatever reason, that's something that is that's where my, that's where my brain, my heart is kind of pulling me right now. So, um, I, that, that's kind of been my, my, my practice, my, my practice, my, what, my, that's what I do. I kind of just let my mind, let my heart pull me where it wants. And then I kind of just follow and it, it hasn't let me down yet. So right now that's, that's last person standing events. And, um, I, there, there's not really a doubt in my mind that it will be a 200 mile race someday. Uh, maybe even the triple crown, who knows, um, or the attempt at the triple crown. But um, right now it's the, the last person standing and, uh, and Bighorn. So getting cool. back to Bighorn. So that's, that, that's, that's what's on my, that's what's on my heart. That's what's on my mind right now. So, uh, so that's what I'm following. Awesome. Perfect. That's perfect answer. Um, and then the documentary you said, uh, is coming out in March. Yeah. March. Yeah. So, uh, we haven't pinned down a date exactly yet, but yeah, we're looking like middle, middle to kind of late March is what we're, is what we're looking at right now. Jeremy's, um, I mean, obviously we, we all, we all have regular day jobs as well. And then so I have no idea how he has like over 25 hours of footage from, from the four, from the four events this summer. So like, I do not envy him making that into a 45 minute. Yeah. It's gotta be a lot of work. Cause um, he's got so much good footage and I do not envy that, but um, there's no doubt in my mind that what he's, that what he's going to put out is, um, is top notch and um, yeah, but yeah, middle to late March. Um, we'll do a premiere here in Casper and then he's going to planning to release it onto, onto social media after that premiere. So, okay, cool. Well, looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Um, what else can we point people towards? Do you have a website, social media, anything else? Where can people find you? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm on Facebook, just my name. And then I'm on Instagram as well. Um, J underscore Kenner 86. Um, yeah, um, I've gotten a lot of people that have followed me kind of throughout this process. I've had people even from high school days like that I have, you know, you kind of forget about and then like they've reached out to me throughout 
this summer were like, hey, this is really cool what you're doing. And like, holy cow, I had no idea. Like, kind of forget that people exist. And then they're reaching out telling you that, that, that you're inspiring them. And it's just, um, that's been something that, again, was something I never could have expected, never could have dreamed of, but it's a pretty, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool feeling. And um, so yeah, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, check out our cutters page on Facebook as well, Casper Ultra Trail Running Society. Um, we're not super active in the winter, but we do do some stuff like snowshoeing, that type of stuff. But definitely once spring, summer, um, early fall roll around, um, we're a lot more active getting group runs together, not just around Casper, but kind of just all over the state. Um, so yeah, definitely check us out there. Um, come do the night crawler in August. Um, I, haven't, I haven't put it on ultra sign up yet, but um, yeah, this will be our sixth year for the night crawler. Uh, the 12 hour endurance challenge. So um, yeah, those are the, those are the best ways to find me, but the best way to find me is outside. Uh, like I, I'll be outside. If you're, if you're in Casper, find yourself on the mountain um, looking for stuff to do, find me on messenger, Facebook, um, ask me where to go and I'll probably meet you and show you. So cool. Cool. Uh, that, 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 that's one of the easiest ways to find me. So well, I'll probably be reaching out at some point because uh, you don't live all that far away from me. I'm in Boulder, yeah. Colorado. And uh, yeah. same thing. If you ever come to Colorado, look me up and I can at least point you in the right direction of, of trails or come out and Absolutely. join you or something. But Absolutely. I'm curious, one, like one last question I want to sneak in. Um, like what was your peak uh, like training mileage be, uh, earlier in the year before the Grand Slam? I'm just trying to picture or, or act, I'm trying to paint a picture for like maybe somebody who hasn't run a hundred miles yet, you know, mm -hmm. and they're looking at this as just a huge, like almost unimaginable project, but like, yeah. were you running hundred mile weeks? Were you running? What did it look like for you at the beginning of the year? Yeah. So, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. And I think everybody is different and it varies based on, you know, their schedule, their work schedule, kind of just their life schedule. Um, but I, I've kind of found for me, and it was the same this year, like, my peak mileage weeks were uh, uh, low, were, were high 70s, low 80 mile weeks. Um, again, it's just something that, um, that, that that's the kind of a mileage week that I've found, you know, like I'm able to sustain myself, um, you know, keep myself present running in my work schedule. Um, so, I mean, it's really just kind of a constant puzzle piece or puzzle that you're putting together of like, well, I can't, like, I probably could go out and run a hundred mile week, but then I'm going to be completely gassed for the rest of my life. And totally. like, I want to, want to make sure that, you know, like the people in my life aren't getting the, the rest of me, that they're getting the best of me. So, um, I like that. So, so I think just being able to, again, like I said, keep yourself present, you know, like find a mileage that works for you, that you can sustain for you know, a few weeks. So usually I'll be mid, mid to high seventies, maybe sometimes low eighties for like three weeks before I kind of do a little drop back and then kind of just build that way. And obviously I'm not starting from there. Like when I'm starting into a training cycle, it's, it's always a kind of a three week kind of plateau where, you know, like I start kind of around 40 miles a week 
my long runs are always on the weekends just because that's when I, that's when I have time. Um, so Saturday, Sundays are my back-to-back -back long runs. Um, again, something that I've just found, um, my body responds too well. It's a good stimulus to kind of mimic how your legs feel when they're, how your body feels when it's fatigued. Um, so yeah, on those 70, 80 mile weeks, you know, it's those Saturday, Sunday runs are like, sometimes it's a 35 mile run on a, on a Saturday and then going out and doing 20, 25 on Sunday. Um, again, something that I have found just works really good for me. Um, kind of checks all the boxes. Um, for me, from a physical standpoint, mental standpoint, um, and also for the people around me, making sure that they are getting the best of me, not the rest of me. Um, yeah. That's a thing that, that I've found makes the whole puzzle come together the best is, you know, when I'm keeping myself present and keeping the people around me um, close to me um, and, you know, active, active in my life. Um, yeah. is, is, is what is what I've found is is the best recipe for me. I mean, obviously it's different for everybody. That's that's what I've found works for me though. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a good handle on the balance of ultra running. You know, uh, some new people get into the sport and they're so excited about it and they sign up for too many races and they're running too many miles and they get injured and or they burn themselves out. And sure, that can be kind of fun, but, you know, <laughs> like you said, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't give you the best, the best version of you isn't coming out to the, to your family. If you're running hundred mile, I, I, I think I've run like 100 mile a week in my life. And it was, I was yeah. it feels like that's all you're doing yeah. morning and night. You're doing two a days, or at least I yeah. was, and it was just, I was yeah. so exhausted all the time. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, it sounds like you have a good balance with that and the rest of your life and your work life. And I think that's key to longevity in the sport. So yeah, absolutely. sounds like you're doing the right thing, man. Um, and I, I'm curious, like during the week when you're working, are you mainly just doing like one run a day or are you incorporating strength training and stretching or is it two a days or how do you do that during the week? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my weekday runs are, um, usually, I usually take my Mondays and Fridays are typically like my strength days where I'm not doing anything running. Um, it's just, it's all run specific strength stuff. So obviously a lot of focus on the core, a lot of focus on leg strength. Um, so Mondays and Fridays typically are my off days from running. Sometimes that changes just with, especially during the winter when I'm, when I'm coaching that changes because Fridays, a lot of times we're traveling and we're skiing and that kind of stuff. But, um, but typically there are one, most of the time, two days a week where I take completely off from running. Um, and I think that's more than anything that kind of just keeps me like, it keeps me wanting more, mm -hmm. which I think is always a good, a good balance to strike whenever, especially when you're starting into to something running. So that's one of the things that I recommend to people that are kind of thinking about ultra running, trail running is like always striking that balance of wanting more, not getting done with a week and being like, holy crap, I don't want to do that again. Right. Always leaving yourself wanting more, I think is a, is a great recipe, um, for longevity. Um, not, not finishing every week, feeling like a rag doll, feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do this again next week. 
that's not a fun balance to strike. I've been there. Um, it was early earlier on, kind of similar similar to like you were saying, like you were saying earlier. It's just, um, but yeah, it's that. That's one of the things that I found is to want find yourself wanting more like all the time. You know, be that doesn't matter if that's your your weekday runs, your weekend runs. Leave yourself wanting more, especially at the end of a week, like end of your long run on a, on a Sunday for me, like a great place for me to be. And I, and I'm there a lot is like, I'll finish a 15, 20 mile run on a Sunday. And I'm like, eh, I could keep going, but I'm going to stop mm -hmm. because I want more. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that, that's, a, again, for me, that's what I've found um, is a super important piece of that puzzle for me is just find yourself wanting more and um, you know, making sure you're striking a, a good balance in all the other aspects of your life because um, they, they, they matter, you know, it, it, that, that helps the puzzle go together, you know, making sure that your family life, your finances, everything is put together um, so that when you're out there running, it is just about the run. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do a little bit of coaching and that's what I try and coach my athletes to do is take care of all your problems before race day, you know, mm -hmm. um, whether it's catching up on a conversation with a friend or a family member or getting your bills paid or cutting your toenails, have everything <laughs> done before the race. So that when you get to the race, that's all you have to do yeah. and just kind of puts you in a different, uh, mind space, but it sounds like you're on top of all that. So absolutely. I yeah, know that's, uh, that's important. There's, there's a lot of stuff that you can think about in the course of a hundred mile race. And the, the more of that stuff that you, that you have done and is out of sight, out of mind, um, uh, there's going to be performance benefits, but more, more, more than anything, I think there's going to be less chance of you injuring yourself, less chance of like emotional kind of breakdowns, you know, like keeping, making sure that everything, all the little things that might not seem super important. Like you said, clipping your toenails, um, making sure, you know, like checking the boxes on all that little stuff. It, it matters. It makes a difference. Yeah. Um, when you, when you, when you get to those events. Yeah. I mean, if you're 60 miles into a hundred mile run and, and you have this loop in your head going on around, you know, I didn't resolve this issue or I had a bad conversation with my partner or something, you're going yeah. to want to quit. It's not going to go well for you. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's better just to seal all those things up before the race even starts. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, cool. Justin, this has been fun, man. I appreciate you Absolutely. doing this and congrats on the grand slam last year and uh, good luck in 2022, man. I'll keep an eye on you and uh, hoping for hoping for big things as always, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward. We'll, we'll definitely stay connected for sure. So. Absolutely. Stay in touch. Well, cool, yeah. man. Thanks again for awesome. doing this and uh, have a grateful day. Yeah, you too. All right. We'll see you, bud. All right. Bye. Thanks, Alan. All right, guys. Uh, heartfelt thank you for listening and hanging out until the end of the show. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'd like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bigger Than the Trail. 
Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy and aren't exactly in a position where you can afford it right now, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for up to three months. No strings attached, you guys. This is this is really, really cool what these guys are doing. I couldn't love what they're doing anymore, in fact. Uh, I signed up. It was quick. It was easy. They matched me with a therapist that met my personal criteria, and I meet with them once a week. I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing, and we can all do this together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail, sign up for their services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Please let them know we sent you. We also want to thank our good friends at Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats, and who doesn't need a good hat when you're out running or on an adventure? These hats should be your go-to on your everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital Do Big Things, all caps, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at On Pace Wellness. Contact them if you need to get your nutrition on track. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, find us at big-things-crewing.com or patreon.com slash do big things. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, thanks for a run, homie.